What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Apple Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board-certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal defense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freeland and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mountain and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. Oh, Mike, make noise. Yo, yo. Yeah! Yo. Holy shit. Never seen someone get so happy about a microphone. I couldn't wait to hear your voice. This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Kulot. What is up, everyone? Hope you all had a great week. Uh, we got an interesting show for you today. This is going to be just me. When we started this last October, we did not, uh, obviously didn't have last summer, so we're kind of experiencing some new things with the summer schedules can be kind of tough between uh, families, vacations, work schedules, uh, all that kind of stuff. So we're unable to get Mike on this week. Um, so it, it could get a little strange. I'm just sitting here in my house talking to myself uh, with the dog staring at me, but we'll see how it goes. Make sure you stick around, listen to the interview after I'm done chatting it up. Uh, our guest this week is Michael Brown. Michael just recently defeated Troy Venucci, if you remember our, our guy Troy from a couple episodes ago out at Little Mill. Uh, he detreat, defeated Troy 3-1 at the New Jersey Mid-Am, which was held at Deal. Uh, he fired a 62 through 17 holes, and if you know anything about Deal, that 18th hole is a par 3. So, a par 65 for, you know, if he pars 18, that's a 65 uh, on a final round is is super impressive. A bogey 66, just as impressive. Um, so that that's an in- incredible feat. So make sure you hang around uh, when I'm done here. Listen to what Kulat and the mics have to chat about. All right, so the first thing I want to cover here is uh, kind of a, a little PSA. Uh, on Monday at Eagle Oaks out in Farmingdale, the Tunnels to Tower golf outing happened. The Tunnels to Tower is a uh, charity organization um, founded from 9-11. Steven Siller uh, was a fireman during 9-11 who died in the towers. uh, and His family started this organization. Many of you may have heard of the Tunnels to Tower run that happens in the city. Uh, It runs the path that Steven took through the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel up to the towers and then then as they collapsed. Uh, So they do that run. And this is the, the golf outing branch, another way to raise some money. So they, they raise money for catastrophically wounded service people, and they do a, a lot of different things. Um, they build houses for those catastrophically wounded service people. They pay mortgages for families who have lost someone. So they have um, 
a number of different avenues in which they take care of service people uh, in the in the now 22 years since. Uh, but it's a, it's a great organization, one I'm proud to be a part of. And our, our golf outing was on Monday out at Eagle Oaks. And it's, it's tremendous. So while you might have missed this year's, uh, you can still donate. The, the website is t2t.org. You can go there and has all the different ways that you can donate, get involved, um, and, and keep an eye out for next year's outing. It's usually right around this time, the end of June. Uh, and Eagle Oaks does a phenomenal job with the facility, the course. It's, it's really a great day. So, um, so a little PSA there to, to make sure you check it out, kind of keep an eye on that. And, and if you'd like to be involved, certainly uh, go to the website. You can DM us, and I'll tell you how. It's, it's really been uh, satisfying for me for, for a number of reasons. But the first year I got involved... I was kind of hesitant to get involved and the service person who they were building a house for, he was a few years younger than me. So it was, it hit home a little bit more. So I was very glad I've gotten involved and been doing it for a few years. Uh, again, um, t2t.org, go check it out. Uh, keep up with, uh, with the different golf outings. They have a number around the country. They have all different kinds of um, happy hours or, or nights out. They do a lot of different things to raise a lot of different uh, money for a lot of different platforms that they, that they help out, again, service people and their families. So certainly something to keep an eye on. Equity 3 Real Estate is a full-service commercial real estate brokerage management and development company based out of Paramus. Equity 3 Real Estate focuses heavily in northern New Jersey. They cover industrial, multifamily, office, retail, and vacant land properties, as well as specializing in medical offices. They manage over 400,000 square feet of varying property types for passive investors. Their clients range from small to mid-range building owners and larger brokerages. So if you're looking for the right team to help you win, go check them out at www.equity3re.com or give them a call at 201 261 Four three zero zero. That's two zero one two six one four three zero zero. You won't be disappointed. Another thing that happened this week, uh, we put out a a uh, another video with Dr. Mike and Tita Green. The uh, video is of. So let me backtrack here for a second. Dr. Mike has been helping me with the, the TPI um, stretching and mobility that, that's been, that I've been doing throughout, you know, going back to, geez, got to be January, February now. He's been helping me out with that. And, and it's been, it's really been helpful to feel like I, I have more mobility in my golf swing. That's been great. So Dr. Mike went to a... Uh, um, like a TPI conference, I guess. And one of the things there is called, uh, that he saw there was this uh, 4D motion, it's called. And basically it's a bunch of sensors you put on your body uh, that you kind of strap in and you take, you take golf swings with it and it'll tell you, you know, kind of the sequence and, and how things are firing. And, and again, just another tool to help with, with the golf swing. So Dr. Mike has, 
has this 4D motion system. Uh, so we went over to T to Green and we got some of my numbers. And then Tom from T to Green, um, one of the owners there and, and the golf pro there, one of the golf pros there, uh, gave me a quick lesson. You know, we, we found out that my sequencing was off. So here's some, here's some drills to, to help with that or how we can do that. And it was, it was great. I mean, uh, you know, going with some of the numbers in the video, there's a whole lot of, whole lot of numbers that Dr. Mike throws at you. It's very analytical. Um, but then what I do like that Dr. Mike does, he gives you all the numbers and he says, basically what this is, is you're losing certain amount of yards because you're not firing your hips first and the sequence is off. So we could be better at that. So he, he gives you all the mumbo jumbo and then explains it to you in a way that normal people that don't necessarily know all the numbers can understand it. So we get my numbers. Then Tom from T to Green jumped in, spent five to ten minutes with me, uh, working on on really two different drills, um, trying to click. You know, I had these two alignment sticks uh, that I was working with, and then a towel to kind of keep everything connected was the second drill. And then we and then we re retested basically. Uh, I hit a bunch more golf balls with the with the sensors on. And we saw what the numbers were like. And, and instantly, those numbers got better. It's not a perfect fix. Obviously, it's a long process. But in this journey of me trying to become a better golfer, become a more consistent golfer, uh, this, is, this is just another tool in the, in the repertoire to try, to try to get better. So we got the mobility. Now we got numbers behind the mobility. And now we can go back and continue to go deeper in in that kind of mobility and, and the TPI stuff. And here's another, a kind of another level of, uh, of it, you know, another layer to the onion, if you will. And that on top of, you know, you know I got to go hit balls, work on the range, do that kind of thing. It, uh, it was, it, it's, it's really some pretty good stuff. So if you haven't watched it, uh, a little a little promo is out on our Instagram page, the drop underscore pod. The whole video, which you should go watch, is on YouTube. That's the Drop Golf Podcast on YouTube. So go check it out. Um, again, it's it's a bunch of numbers that Dr. Mike throws at you, but again, he, he you can kind of see the difference between you know one of my numbers on on one of the swings was a three on something and. And then after, you know, the lesson, then we got it to a 15. And he said, you, you, the goal is to get it to 20. So you look at, like, that's a big jump in just a 5 to 10-minute lesson. So really a lot of fun. Uh, Dr. Mike, thank you so much for uh, allowing me to be your guinea pig with that uh, and helping me out and doing all that you, that you do for me there. Tita Green, thank you for allowing us to film there, to be there. Uh, Tom, thank you for the for the, uh, I'd say lesson, but lesson is probably generous. You know, the, the pointers um, and, and the drills there, that was great. Tita Green is an absolutely amazing facility. If you haven't been, you gotta go check it out. They got eight, nine bays there um, that you can hit that's got the track man attached to it. There's an enormous chipping green and, and putting green that you can work on your short game with. They have the Sam putting lab to help you out with your, with your putting stroke, just like you would 
with this 4D motion, you know, another similar situation going on there. So really a phenomenal place. So if you haven't checked it out yet, Tea to Green in West Long Branch, New Jersey, you got to go try it. That website is t2green.com, T-E-E, the number two, green.com. Uh, and it's in West Law Branch on Route 36 there, uh, kind of over by the racetrack. They got a, an unbelievable uh, setup there. Again, an absolute must-go-to. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking, you know, you, you do not need to be an avid golfer uh, to, be, to be doing this. Don't think it's something for you know, the, the, the upper class of golf. It's also not for the lower class of golf. Doesn't matter where you are. You could be a, a plus five handicap or uh, have a handicap of, of 35. Does not matter. Go check them out. All County Exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. I was supposed to play a lot of golf this week. Uh, this week, I was supposed to go out to Monday. I was supposed to go up to Wild Turkey uh, up at Crystal Springs to play. I've never been up to Wild Turkey, but Crystal Springs uh, has Bally Owen, Wild Turkey, Crystal Springs Golf Course, um, Black Bear, and and there's another one, Cascades, I believe. Um, but I, I, I went up. Um, was trying to get the round in, but the weather was not cooperating, as you're going to kind of see a theme in just a second. So uh, basically drove up there an hour and a half to hit about 15 golf balls on the driving range, um, run up about a uh, $70 bar bill, and then uh, drive an hour and a half back. So um, did not did not get out. The weather did not cooperate, but uh, really a nice place. It's my first time at Crystal Springs, and um, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're going to get a chance to, to see that again for sure. Cause it's, it seemed like it's worth a trip and I definitely want to get out there. So, um, so that was supposed to be Monday. Then Tuesday I played, uh, back at the scene of the crime where Mike and I, this kind of podcast all began at Hominy Hill. Uh, I didn't get to play with Mike, but I was playing with some other friends and, um, it was going to rain. Yeah, we got 15 holes in, and uh, and then the, the skies opened up, so 15 holes Tuesday. And then on Thursday, I was supposed to play Bethpage, go out to Long Island and play Bethpage Black with um, some other friends. And, you know, at Bethpage, you can do the, 
you can go, you can park overnight, stay in your car, get one of the, you know, the first tea time of every hour is for those that are staying over. Or you could send your license in and book a tea time as if, it in, as if you were an in-state resident. You know, they give you a PIN number and all that kind of thing. Uh, but instead of seven days out or ten days out, whatever the residents can do, uh, it's five days out. So try that. That didn't work, only to find out that uh, the course is closed for uh, a tournament that Beth Page is hosting. So at the end of last week, I thought I was going to have a big golf week. Uh, it turns out maybe only getting 15 holes unless I get to play somewhere else on, on Thursday this week. So uh, I did want to recap Hominy Hill for you. Gave it a course rating and, and kind of went through. Uh, it came out to a course rating of an 84. Uh, the course conditions were beautiful. They just finished their their uh, course tournament. Um, the greens were beautiful. The bunkers were great. It, it was, it did rain. And, you know, we had an early tea time, and it did rain at night, so it was, it was wet. And then obviously we, as I mentioned, we only got 15 holes in. Uh, we finished hole 15, uh, but it was it was definitely very very wet once the once the rain came. But it was in great shape. Uh, greens were, were pure. They were rolling slow, but again, I, I equate that to the weather, not because they were, you know, the, the rain from that night, not because of anything else, but it was great. Pace of play was, was terrific. Uh, we were right on a four hour pace. If we had, if we had finished, uh, we finished nine in exactly two hours. So we were right on pace for that. Uh, so I gave both of those nines. I gave course maintenance a nine. As I said, it was in great shape. The bunkers were tremendous. Um, the difficulty, I, I thought it was playing pretty difficult. Uh, they had the, the pins in some tough spots. But again, I think that course, you know, Donald Ross course, uh, I'm sorry, not Donald Ross, Robert Trent Jones course, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great setup. It really is. Um, the, the thing that, that gets me a little bit there is some of the other stuff. Uh, the practice facility, that practice green is as good as any of as there is. It is enormous. They have a ton of holes. Uh, I know we talked about it when we went to Shoregate, that it was a big green, and, and Hominy's is equally as big, but there was only four holes in Shoregate's green, and... Uh, I thought I think Hominy does a nice job of having enough holes there without without making it feel like there's too many holes for whatever that's worth. But that's beautiful. Where I take away some points is that it is a mat driving range and even then I think the driving range like the area around it I don't they haven't kept it very very well. Like the grass is not is, is not there's a lot of dirt areas around it and the, the that part of it could be could be much better but it is a but they do have a driving range um they do have a putting green you're not allowed to chip on the putting green you don't believe uh or onto it but um but they do have a, again a very large area for that so i gave uh the practice facilities a seven the pro shop it's it's a nice the building is very new for those that haven't been there they redid the that barn looking area to the to the right of it uh so you don't check into that that older pro shop area is a new area now 
it's not really a pro shop. It's more a check-in area. I mean, they, they do sell some things there, but again, to call it a pro shop, I think is a, is a stretch. Um, but it is, it, you can tell it's brand new. The facilities in there, uh, the locker room, the bathroom, uh, I didn't go check, but the upstairs is like, a like a little banquet kind of hall there that they, I don't know if they're going to try to do weddings and things like that there, but they certainly could host something there. Um, so I gave, I gave that a seven again, it, it's focusing more on pro shop. And again, I, I just don't feel like that's a, a pro shop exactly. Um, Food and beverage, I gave it eight. You know, the cart girl doesn't start going until around 10, and, and we had teed off at 7.30, so we didn't get to see much of her. But I know that, um, I know that, that that's around there. Um, the, 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 the cart service is around. Uh, the halfway house is close by as you're walking from 9 to 10, so you can certainly stop in and and grab something, uh, and and in that area, like I said, it's brand new, so they just redid it, so uh, I gave that an eight. It was organized there. I mean, they have a lot of people working. The Rangers are going around, um, almost to the point where it could have been the time of the morning, but I know we felt a little nervous, like we were... Um, like we were behind, and, and at times I was, I was a little more nervous that we were going to fall behind, especially because if you're the third time, uh, you know, the, the 7.30 time, there's really three, maybe four times in front of you. So, um, so the Ranger was definitely around, um, almost a, a nerving amount, but the whole outside operations was, was really done well. Um, I know it is tough to get a tea time there at times. I've struggled to get to get times on the weekend. I, I, I feel like it's the same people that play all the time there, but in the mornings, but, um, and I, you know, I feel like my internet's pretty fast and I'm pretty good with the computer, but I, I don't, I don't know exactly how that happens, but it was very organized. I've been able to play it a whole bunch. I, I do love Hominy. As I've said on this podcast before, I think it's my second favorite of the county courses and the only reason is a i love charleston north but b i think hominy can get overplayed because of how many people like to play it and it can get a little beat up as you play it later in the year uh especially after they've had their their course tournament you know you you play it in august to september the same landing zone at, for example, hole 10 has the same landing zone for people that are, don't hit driver really well, or people that are going to hit driver well, but they don't want to hit driver. They're going to hit three wood. Everybody's kind of within the same 25 yards and that can get a, kind of a little chewed up, uh, the later in the summer that it gets. So, um, you know, that's not, that's more of a fault of how many people play it, I guess. But uh, again, I thought it's, it's rather accessible. It's very well organized. I gave it an eight for that. The on-course vibe, I had, I had a great crew of friends out there. I gave it a nine. Uh, my personal opinion is that it, it's a, it's a nine course. It, it's, it's really, really good. Hominy is, is fantastic. Uh, and that comes out to an 84. Uh, again, I think it's, if I if you would have had to ask me before, I would have I would have guessed it's a high 80s. Again, I think we also rated it uh, Shoregate in 84. 
And I, I think it's, I think those are very comparable courses. Obviously, different terrain or different, uh, or different. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, setups. But I, I think they're, I think they're comparable. I think Hominy's a, a, a tad nicer. But, but that's the that's the rating I gave it today. So, uh, so 84 for Hominy. And, uh, and, and we'll see what happens. I'm sure I'm going to play it later in the summer. I'm, I know Mike and I would like to get out there again and kind of, again, as I said, go back to the scene of the crime. But, but we'll see. Tequila tastes better when it's sunny. Sunny Seltzer is an alcoholic spirit derived from the agave plant and infused with seltzer water for an effervescent escape. Started by a New Jersey native, it's light, crisp, and goes down easily both on and off the golf course. Currently available at over 50 retailers across New Jersey, check out drinksunny.com to find it near you. Cheers to sunny days ahead. All right, so despite it just being me, I'm going to give you my opinions on it, but we got it from the grandstand. And this from the grandstand is brought to you by Sunny Seltzers. Tequila tastes better when it's sunny. Sunny Seltzers. So it's funny, this, uh, this from the grandstand, we actually had it on our topic sheet last week, and we did not get to it coming out of the U.S. Open. And it was a great question. It comes to us from Mike in Morristown. Mike, thanks for reaching out. Mike's question talked about the course records in the U.S. Open. So Ricky and Xander shot an 8-under 62, which sets the U.S. Open record, while the number before was 63, set by Johnny Miller. Uh, and I, I believe there's a few others that have 63. Uh, Johnny Miller did his at Oakmont. And Oakmont in 1973... I'm going to look it up right now, but I believe it played as a par 71, which it did. So does the 9-under 63, is that a better score than the 8-under 62? That was, that was Mike's question. And again, it was a topic we had last week. So, so again, our topic we had last week that we didn't get to. So a great question. I, I go with the number, and I think Mike and I have talked about this on... on in earlier episodes, but I think that's the, that's the number. When you're talking golf and you're talking numbers, I think that everybody wants to know the lowest score. And they don't necessarily care whether it was a par 70, 71, 72. They want the number of shots it took you to get around the golf course. And for me... That makes the 62, even though it's 8-under, so a 9-under would be a better score. I still feel like the 62 is the better, the number that we're looking for, the record-holding number. Uh, because that's what everybody asks. Nobody's asking, uh, anytime you ask a buddy, How, you know, what'd you sh- you know, oh, I played golf today. Oh, what'd you shoot? No one says, oh, I shot, uh, I shot 13 over. No, they say 85. No one ever says, says things like that. So uh, I think that's, that's the same situation here. They want the lowest number 
Uh, I want the lowest number. I think that that's the, the, the record is going to be that for, for that reason. Now, obviously, it's a very quick step to say, oh, it's 8-under and 9-under is the, is the record at the Open. 9-under uh, 63 is the, is the most to par. I, I think it's a quick step if you're in circles that are talking about that kind of thing. <clears throat> but if you're, if you're not talking about that, you just want the number, then, then I think the number it is. So uh, to me, 62 is the, is the number, the record at the U.S. Open. And I, I believe, while, while Mike's not going to be on here, I believe Mike's, Mike's in agreement with me that, it's, that it's a, 62 is the, is the record number. So before I go here, I do want to make one other note that the inaugural New Jersey Women's Open uh, was last week. And we had a couple people who, who we've uh, been in contact that played in it. So I'd love to give a big shout out to Ami John Kandani. Uh, I believe I still got that name right. Um, we had Ami on. That was uh, an interview I did with, with Ami. Ami finished in second place. She was plus seven for the tournament, went 76 73. Uh, up at Montclair, Montclair Golf Club. Um, and we also had uh, Riley Plitz. Riley was one of our earlier interviews. We went to Eagle Ridge. She's the head pro up there. Uh, Riley had a nice showing as well. She finished T15. Uh, she was 18 over for the tournament, 76-84. The numbers on the second day are astronomical. So Omni shooting a 73 is amazing. 73 is the lowest number. Uh, there is a 73. I'm looking at the results now. There's a 73 by Ami. There's a 74. There's a 75. There are two 76s, two 77s, 278s and a 79. The rest are all 80s and 90s. So uh, really, really good golf by, and, and even they got, there wasn't one 100 in the field on the first day, and there are three, one, two, three on the second day. So again, Ami shooting a 73 is, is really amazing. So great round by her. Um, so congratulations to uh, to all the women. That that's that's great that they have that. Again, it's the inaugural open for them. Uh, I'm I'm really happy to see that there's that they have that. And I know Mike uh, wanted to bring that up as well, and maybe we'll bring that up again next week in, with some more detail. But uh, I did want to give that a give that a little shout out this week. So that's going to be all for me today. Uh, I. I Again, a little strange with uh, with just me sitting in my sitting in my house, looking at my dog while I'm talking to the computer. But uh, I'm going to send you over to our interview with Mike Brown now. Again, Mike is an absolute stud in the Met section, the Gap section. He's a uh, animal out there on on the golf course, competing at uh, you know slightly older age. I don't want to. I don't want to give him any kind of, uh, I don't want to make him feel bad, but we talk about how he's, he's 
older in in his age going against guys who are in their early 30s uh late 20s early 30s even just in their 30s and and he's uh, competing with him, outdriving him even, and, and how he's able to do that. So um, a fun chat with, uh, with Mike. So I'm going to send you now to that interview. Here's Kulat and the Mikes. Enjoy. Matera's Italian Market and Catering Company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Matera's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses, and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matera's Park app in Apple and Google stores. Above the market, a private space called The Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram at Matera's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao. Matarras, you'll walk in a stranger, leave his family. Today's guest has quite a resume, so bear with me as I go through this. He won the amateur, he won the Pennsylvania amateur in 2020, won the Delaware amateur at 20, in 2021. Then he went on to win the New Jersey state amateur in 2021 as well where at one time he held all three amateur titles. He went on to win the 2021 NJSGA Player of the Year. He's a four-time champion of their events, where he most recently just won the mid-amateur at Deal Country Club. Michael Brown, thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Ryan and Mike, thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. Yeah, with a resume like that, I mean, <laughs> you you – embody the golfing in the garden state idea of what our podcast is really all about here. So um, I think to get started, why don't you give the audience a little bit about your background? Um, you know, and I, and I don't want to be disrespectful to your age, but I think what you've been able to do at your age on the level of where you're doing it at is unbelievable because most of the time, you know, we read the articles about the 20 or 25 year old that's, that's getting it done. And you're not that, but you're still finding a way to beat the younger guys. So why don't you give the audience a little bit of a background of like where you were to kind of where you are today? Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm very lucky to be feeling good and, and healthy at my age and, and able to to move fairly well. But um, yeah, to summarize what I've gone through from a golf perspective, um, right out of college, uh, unjustifiably, I decided I wanted to play pro golf, uh, played division two, but not very well, but didn't really understand the landscape. So not knowing I dove in and, and, um, I pursued professional golf for about seven years. I got spit out, got my amateur status back in 2007 and started playing amateur tournaments, um, at that time. And, and I guess I, I left the professional game, um, with the best physical set of skills that I've ever had, but probably, um, my golf IQ was not at a level that I could play professionally. And then over time, my physical skills have deteriorate deteriorated, but my, um, I've, I've learned a little bit more about how to compete and, and what it takes to be a successful um, tournament player. So 
Um, I'm kind of losing. I don't want to say I'm losing my physical skills because I, I still feel like I have a lot of physical skills. But um, what I'm leaning on this day and age uh, mostly is just trying to make good decisions and uh, play smart out there. But it, that that kind of is what I've gone through over the past 25 years is I I'm another guy that tried to play professional golf that didn't make it. There's a million of us. And, and I'm I'm happy at this point with the way things went. Of course, I would prefer to be playing on the PGA Tour, but I've had so much and, and so many people help me along the way. Um, I have a great life right now with great people surrounding me, and uh, it's hard for me to be anything but thankful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, when I when I see what you've done, obviously, really, in the last few years, it, it kind of, you know, makes guys like me who, who who likes to dabble in that scene, you know, more interested in kind of like the background of, you know, and it seems to be like a lot of guys have gone your route of professional, just realized I just, it just didn't work out. And then thankfully got their amateur status back and were able to compete, um, you know, like, so being you know like from where you are um like for us i think for me i guess how i want to put this is like you kind of jumped on the scenes in 2020 you know where what changed i guess from 2007 and then obviously as you progressed on the mental side and, and the physical side as well like what made that year and then really since then like everything's to me, every time I read a leaderboard or look at a leaderboard, your name's always on. So, like, I guess what changed? What seemed to click then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question, and and one idea or, just or are we much, misreading things? Head. Yeah. Or did I? Or am I missing? <laughs> or is my research bad that I can't find something? No, I would say that my results uh, were best recently. Um, I spent the entirety of professional golf obsessed with mechanics. And I was trying to build what I thought was a game that was appropriate for the PGA tour. And I had the best instruction. I had the best people surrounding me. And it wasn't until maybe 2018 or somewhere in that area where I started saying to myself, no matter what I do, I cannot make these changes. I've tried and I cannot get to what I think is the ideal. So I stopped chasing that and I just started to, and, and you hear it all the time. I started to own what I already have. And I, I started building my own system of like what shots I'm capable of hitting under pressure and what shots that I need to throw away and not even try because I'm not successful. So the more you shed um, that wastefulness, the, the more efficient you can be out there. And, and I'm, I'm really trying to be as simple as possible. Now, when I play golf, I have a certain set of shots that I try to hit and, um, I play conservatively. I, I make putters with, I, I'm sorry. I try to make birdies with 20 footers instead of hitting it at the flag as often. So there's just a lot of small things that I've kind of, uh, moved toward, since I don't know, two, I, I want to say 2018. That's kind of a random date, but I, I I stopped chasing what I thought was an ideal, and that's when I started to to improve. So so you you stopped playing professionally in 2007. Is that 
Is that right? Uh, 2005. Yeah. And 2005. It took me two years to get my stats back. Okay. So two years. So then for nearly a decade, you had this, you had this idea before this new mindset clicked in. That's a long time to be, to be yeah, in, the, in I, that zone of like, yeah. I have an idiosyncratic golf swing. I take the club up in the air and reroute it underneath. And it's not, you don't see much of that, but I spent years trying to shallow out my backswing unsuccessfully. And eventually I just said enough is enough because not only was I unable to make changes, but I was miserable. I was, I hated practicing because I was every day seemed like a failure. So, you know, eventually you got to, change it only took me 20 years to realize it was time to make a change but um, better late than never yeah and, sure. and I, I i i love being an amateur I, I love the tournaments that i get to play in um the new jersey state golf association golf association of philadelphia pa golf met those are the four organizations i i play most with and um being from the Northeast, we are so lucky to have those organizations because they run the tournaments as well as the, the uh, many of the professional tournaments I used to play in and the golf courses we have to play are amazing. So life is good up in the Northeast. Yeah. No doubt yeah. about that. That's, that's, I, uh, that's a, a understatement nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you think back to, you know, when I, look at your NJSGA wins and the one in 2020 where you won the um geez I'm sorry I'm drawing a blank here 2021 when you won the state am um like going through that in terms of like finding a way to get your first win in their tournaments obviously you know you had the Pennsylvania am at the time you had the Delaware am like I think that's kind of a big deal to hold all three of them at one time. And I think like when people start to think like larger scale, they think about like Tiger and how he held all four majors at one time. Like was there added pressure in that state and knowing that you had the other two already in your back pocket? Um, When the week started, I hadn't been thinking about it too much, but um, maybe a couple rounds in, I was being asked questions about it. So I started to think about it a little bit more and, you know, obviously that opportunity is only going to happen once. So you either capitalize or you don't. Um, and the good news is, is you, you feel a certain amount of pressure and you kind of max out. So I've played, I've played poorly and I've played well under what I perceive as the maximum amount of, of heat. So you know, I was able to hit reasonable golf shots down the stretch. Um, and a couple things went my way that, you know, it just seemed like destiny. I, a couple up and downs that were super unlikely made a couple 20 footers. And, and then the first time I checked the leaderboard, I had a four shot lead, um, playing the last hole. So it was, you know, it'll, it'll be something I'm very happy with when I'm, when I put the clubs away, um, and quite honestly, I feel satisfied to some degree that the work, the work that I've done was worth something and it, it'll be something, you know, special to me 
when I'm old. Yeah, I mean, listen, Rod, he won that at Essex Fell, so we kind of know that golf course a little well. So I was actually going to ask you about that because uh, we went up there uh, a couple weeks ago. It was um, Mike and I's first time up there, and that place was was beautiful. Do you have oh, a favorite? One of my favorite. It's one of your favorites. It it is, and and I'm sure it, I have an emotional attachment to it now. But e- even before, <laughs> it, it's a really nice spot. The, the membership is very kind. Um, the staff is great. It's quaint, and it's um, it's always well manicured. It's just it's just a place I would love to be a member. Yeah. yeah. It- And I think when you talk about like, you know, your body and I felt like when I read a lot of your quotes from, you know, this past, or I guess two weeks ago when you won the mid-am that like you, you, I felt like it was said often that you felt validated in how your body reacted, how your body performed and, and really all the work that you've put in to get to this point. Um, What was that tournament like? I know you, you took down one of our, earlier guests in our in the podcast Troy Venucci is one of our guys um you know what was that experience like and obviously I know that you had you know quite a good you know success at deal the year prior with Peter Barron winning you know the four ball so you know talk a little bit about that victory as well yeah deal country club is now uh, a place that I love too. Um, one, you know, <laughs> organically the because it's, of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a great club too. It's just it's it's near the shore. The the weather's always good. The members are cool. It's 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 just got a great vibe to it. And um, sure does. Yeah, I to be with Pete Barron for that win. He's a friend of mine. He's my U.S. four ball partner. We just got back from Kiowa. Um, and and to play Troy there, uh, Troy Venucci is a player you're going to hear a lot about in the next 10 to 20 years. He is an absolute bulldog with tremendous physical skills. And he's, you know, he's he's as tough as nails. So um, he I, I, I knew that was going to be a tough match. And if you guys didn't already know, he was medalist at the Philly Am. He shot seven under at Huntington Valley and look away. So that guy's got major things in his in his future um yeah i deal country club is going to be uh you know have some great memories for me and um it was a tough match and it could have gone either way troy's going to get his next year or the year after that yeah i mean i he i ryan and i became very close to him and talked to him often because he invited us out to little mill you know way back when we started this thing we got the opportunity to play with him um he he obviously we were blown away with how good he was but after you had beat him you know i did text him and say hey listen you know my condolences i you know blah, blah. but he said he's like i can't get mad because michael brown was six under through 17 holes yeah it was it was a i mean that's golfing it was a dog fight. i mean i, I think I, he I was mean, three under he yeah, was three under but, so but you know what that, that just shows match. like in in a finals like Sometimes people can do that in a casual round where there's no pressure, but being able to do that under the gun in the finals of a tournament, like I think that just speaks to the type of golfer that you are that, you know, even a guy like Troy, who's a very good golfer on his own merit, like you took it to the next level. Thank you. Uh, I'm, you know, what can I say? You, you, 
you practice and a lot of times you're out there practicing and it's just routine. You don't know specifically what it is you're working toward, but when that moment comes, you, you hope that the work that you did puts you into a default setting of like, this is where the ball's going. This is what I'm used to doing. If I, if I, you know, if I make a million four footers, then when I have the four footer, that means the most, I have the best chance of making it. So that's, that's just what you, you lean on and hope will, you know, come to fruition there. Uh, you know, what can I say? There's plenty of times when I'm, when I need to play well that I don't. So I don't want to make it sound like I, I do this regularly, but I was happy with that, with that particular day for sure. <laughs> um, Mikey, we talked about your, uh, again, I don't want to offend, but we talked about how you're usually older than most of the people you're competing with. Um, yep. What have you been doing to keep up, whether it's right before a match or the day to day? What are you what are you doing to to keep your body right? Um, well, I started something new this year and I feel better than ever. I started um, with Mark Miller over at the Philly Cricket Club. He's the trainer over there. He's a friend of mine as well. But um, he he got me set up with the Titleist Performance Institute workout. And, um, you know, it's I do it in my house. It's small exercises for stabilizer muscles. And, you know, my back pain's gone away. I can practice longer now. I, I feel loose. Like I feel loose and um, strong all at once. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't start this earlier. I've always been a gym guy, but I've been exercising improperly for a long time. And now I'm trying to do golf specific stuff. That, that TPI stuff, those stabilizer muscles, like you don't, people don't realize how difficult that TPI can be. If you've never used that muscle before, it's like finding muscles that are behind muscles or next to muscles. And I, I did it too. Um, I'm still doing it, but I, I did like a, a test in January and a test in March. And it was incredible. The amount of flexibility I gained and I'm still inflexible, but like being able to not stand on one foot at all because I had no stabilization muscles ever to then being able to do it for 10 seconds is a huge, a huge gain. So those, there's, there's something about it. That TPI thing is really good. Yes, I agree. And that's exactly why I do it in the privacy of my own home, because if I were in a public setting, I would be <laughs> so embarrassed. What, you're not going to be um, on the first tee on, you know, working on one foot uh, up in the air, one foot on the ground, touching your toes. <laughs> no, because I can't do it. So <laughs> I'd be falling down and sweating and it, it's uh, a bad scene. Is there so something you do? before the round then it, that's that as you've gotten older I, I think i think the and I, I know the older i get i used to go out and just like i take a couple aggressive practice swings and i was like okay ready to go now i do a little bit of stretching i try to you know at least cross my legs and do a, a hip stretch touch the toes a little bit and i'm realizing the older i get the more i have to do before a round that's that's not quite a workout but to loosen up the the muscles is there are you doing tpi stuff before or are you still in that same like just get the body a little bit loose and then go um i don't do T tpi before i've considered it but it makes my body feel different and and actually like you guys know 
trying to play golf after a workout of any kind, you, you feel compromised a little bit. So I want to feel sure. strong and fresh. So I'll, if I do a workout that day, it'll be after play. Um, and honestly, I've had a very regimented warm up routine for 25 years. And I, I just do that for mental reasons more than anything. Like I just want everything to be the same every time. Gotcha. I can appreciate that. DP Fitness is based out of Manasquan, New Jersey, and is led by David Pletzner. David is an ACE certified fitness professional and Titleist Performance Institute golf fitness instructor. DP Fitness has been able to work with the likes of Chris Dimmick, Jack Wall, and Ryan Druska, just a few household names in New Jersey golf. David prides himself on helping individuals of any age, gender, or fitness level to find their best road to a healthier way of living. David accomplishes this by focusing on on each person's strengths, along with improving any imbalances in your lives. So go check David out at dppfitness.com or on Instagram at dppfitness. You'll leave a much better person. And obviously I saw I saw the hat, the visor, I should say, that you were wearing. And, and I know that you're involved with, with Makefield putters. And, you know, I think... I've seen things about it and what they're doing. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about Makefield putters and, you know, your, you know, deal with them and how you work alongside them? Because obviously it is in maybe a lesser known company compared to like a Scotty Cameron and Odyssey, things like that. But why you think it's been so helpful for someone like you and your game? Yeah, it's really been something that I've um, grown to depend on. I, I'm a I'm a good putter. I'm not, you know, I'm not a the very best good putter. putter I've in seen the world. it firsthand. A very good putter. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I like a lot of things about this putter, and the the technology involved is is substantial in in my opinion. Um, it's kind of, I would describe it as driver weighting in a putter. Um, we have a series of weights that are inside of the head. So you can move those weights around. Um, they can be adjusted to match up with your putting stroke or offset asymmetries that you might have. Um, but the defining feature of this putter and, and, and what I find most valuable is the fact that these weights are inside of an aluminum head. Aluminum is a light material, but the putter itself is not light. So you've got these channels of weight inside of the head that kind of stabilize the path and they um, stabilize the putter head at impact. So there's not a lot of rotation at impact um, for off-center hits. So your energy is maintained in the golf ball. Um, and besides the physical advantages of that, that, that I, I believe are there, um, the mental edge that I feel that I get believing that. And I, I honestly believe in the technology I've, I've done enough, you know, I don't speak um, well about many things. Golf is maybe one of them. So I've, I've done a lot of research on putting and putters and I'm a huge fan of this technology. And it's one of the reasons that um, I'm on board with this company. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot about it, and I feel like it's one of those things that you you don't know much about it, but obviously when you start to see 
the results that you've had with it, you see the things that people say about it. Clearly there's, there's some backing to, to what that is. And just like anything, the more people get eyes on it and try it, I'm sure that they would be, you know, singing the praises the way you guys do. Yeah, we're real excited. We, we have, uh, two PGA tour players using it currently. Um, we were at the PGA championship a couple weeks ago and, uh, Mr. DeChambeau was giving it a look. Um, he, he, I, he's got a very specific deal with LA golf. Um, but we're trying to build him some putters right now. So we do have some influential players with, with, with the putter in their hands. Um, we're going to continue to refine it and, and continue to make it so that the player can take advantage of, of this technology. Mike, I just jumped on the, the website to take a look at this. This is, there's this picture of the putter head with all these different weights around it. This is, this is incredible that you can figure out where to even put the weights in it to make, to figure out that stroke. That's a very impressive um, impressive technology. Yeah, we can be we can be really detailed with with what we can do with those weights, um, and we can be simple as well. So a lot of players will come in, and and I'll say to them, if you if you have any patterns in your putting, do you push? Um, do you miss right exclusively? If you don't make, and we can heel bias or toe bias to to kind of offset those things, so we can keep it simple, or we can do a deep dive, you know? Yeah. That, that yeah. type of stuff's like right up my alley. Like <laughs> all say, analytics, that's all analytics. Numbers. And that's Mike's, yeah, that's Mike's wheelhouse. We might not see Mike again for a week or two. If, if he were to dive into this, into this technology, yeah, that's a bad scene for a mental case like myself. <laughs> well, let's have you guys over to the studio. and We'll, we'll, we'll get you uh fit for a putter. Uh, listen, uh, don't I'll tell you what, us. Uh, don't yeah. tempt us. <laughs> But Mike, as you kind of look ahead to the rest of the summer, um, you know, I know that, you know, Ryan and I peek at the, the schedules and see what's going on. And, you know, exclusively, we we focus a lot of what goes on here in, in New Jersey. And you got the State Am coming to Manasquan River. You got the State Open going to Hackensack. Are those two events that, you know, that you will be participating in? Yes, I'll be at both. And there will be you know, I, I'm looking forward to both of them. I haven't played either of those places yet. So, um, I understand Manasquan is, is a really nice, uh, it's got some beautiful holes with some beautiful looks out there. Mike, uh, you got any suggestions for him? Yeah. So Mike, I'll be honest with you. I, I grew up there. That was like my spot. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Dad was a club champion. Wow. Grandfather was a member before he passed. Uncle is still a member. So like, that was the place that oh, we grew went. up playing all the time. Not to uh, mention Mike Caddy there for the last 75 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it always interests me to hear outside opinions of that place, you know, either before or after people play it, because I think so highly of it. And I think, you know, what Chris Dimmick has done there with, with the staff, the golf course and his, his people is I'm dying to hear what all very, very good players like yourselves have to say about the place afterwards, because I, I know what I my thoughts are on it, but I, I think that tournament specifically is going to be an unbelievable one. Do you plan on playing a practice round beforehand? I hope to. You know, I'm, if at the very least, I'll go I'll go take a walk around there, which I actually prefer doing that. But um, 
yeah, I better get my eyes on it. It's it's there's enough guys that'll know it well that I'll I don't want to be at a disadvantage. So I'll get out there for sure. Yeah. And well, you I, got you got Mike's number, and you got both of us if you want to pr- play a practice round. You know, both of us. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, you guys are great. But but so Mike, I, I guess you know a question that we always get from a lot of like high school kids or even some college golfers that will DM us on the side and and ask us specific questions like, you know, someone like yourself who has been very successful has has you know messed around with the professional game like. What's some advice you would give to a, a golfer that's looking to kind of take that next step to maybe they're going from like they're qualifying for the tournaments, but they're not making the cuts or they're making cuts at these state events, but they just can't seem to crack through more or less. Like how would you, or what would you say to someone who's, who's in that, you know, predicament? Well, that's, that's a big question, but um and there's a lot of nuance to what makes a player good um, versus a player that needs to get over that hump. But I think what I see in young players is, and, and it's, it's all part of a natural learning process is uh, they just give away a lot of shots. And if, if they can tighten things up, they, most of them have, plenty of physical skill. It's just a matter of management. So if they could surround themselves with good players and watch what they do, and specifically if you watch high level amateurs and professionals, um, they, I don't want to say they play away from trouble, but they rarely um, take gigantic risks. They're not, um, they're not shooting at pins as many times as you might see on television. Um, course management is, is key. And that's something that the younger player generally doesn't have quite yet. So, yeah, I, you know, you, you want to, it's a, it's a physical chess match out there. So develop your physical skills so that when it's time to make decisions, you're able to hit the ball where you're, where you're looking. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's something that we've heard a lot from guys like yourselves who, who are very good is not only the course management side of it is, is, but it's also the mental side is understanding like you're going to make mistakes and you're going to make bogeys and you're going to miss putts. It's how do you overcome that? And how do you deal with that without, you know, throwing in a towel and going from shooting, you know, what could be 73, 74 to now you throwing it in and you're making your shooting 80. Yeah. Even the most successful players um, get beat up and miss, miss a lot of shots. Um, so many that you better get used to it. And the quicker you can carry on with your business, the better you're going to be um, in the long run. So um, just it ta- that takes practice too. You got to practice on how you react to bad shots. Um, that's something that these young players will learn also. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and obviously now when you talk about the state open, you know, it's like in New Jersey golf, the career grand slam is the mid am the four ball, the state am, which you already have all three is like, does the thought of collecting all four of those titles for someone like you who's playing really good golf coming off the mid-end victory, like 
does that ever creep into your mind? Like, man, I could actually have what in New Jersey golf is considered the career grand slam. I never thought of that, Mike. Um, but I am now. Uh, <laughs> good idea. Good idea. Uh, in case yeah, you weren't listen, wanting more pressure, yeah, listen, there you go. <laughs> it's not like I, but I feel like guys like you are able to handle pressure because I mean, no offense, like what you did against Troy being six under through seventeen, I think speaks for itself. So like, it's not that I, I feel like you're able to put certain things in certain boxes to say, okay, I, I can think about this now, but the minute I step on the tee, it's out of my mind. I just didn't know if, if that was something that has ever crept into your mind because I, I, like I said at the beginning, when I saw that you had and held all three amateur titles of those three States at one time, I was like, wow, this is like, it's a big deal. And a career grand slam to me is like another big deal. Yes, it would be, it would be very cool to do that. Um, fortunately like the process of that is it's just a series of small steps and just hitting the shots and um so there's no i can't say that i'll be thinking on a on a large scale like that while it's going on and if it happens to happen fantastic but to win that tournament just by itself is really difficult to do and there's uh, a lot of guys that can win that tournament so i'll be lucky to just be in contention if you win it, we'll have to get you back on and we'll talk about the career grand slam. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's plan on that. Thank you. So Mike, obviously as golfers here in the garden state, like our goal is to travel the state, play golf, talk golf, and just really just bring light to all the good things that we have here. Is there a certain course, both public and private that you would recommend to the audience? Like, Hey, listen, if you get the opportunity to go play this place, you got to go do it. Or, um, you know, maybe some sentimental places that you would recommend a public and a private. Okay. Um, well, I'm a South Jersey guy, so, you know, most of my stuff is down here or most of the places I hang out are down here, but one place that I ha hang out in particular is Penn Salkin golf club. Um, it's fairly small, um, but it is immaculate every single time I'm there. Um, the practice facilities are good. Um, they're super kind to me over there too. So I, I think if you're in the South Jersey area, you want to give that one a shot. The, the greens are as good as any greens you'll play privately around here. And, uh, that's a hidden gem. The, it's a, you know, a smaller golf course, but it's got a great reputation specifically for its condition. Um, mm -hmm. and f as far as private is concerned over here, I'm a huge fan of Galloway. You know, let's put, I mean, Pine Valley is my absolute favorite in, in New Jersey, but that's kind of an outlier. We usually um, say take that one out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, but Galloway over the years has been one that I've just absolutely loved. It's got great, great views and um, it's really difficult and uh, really tests your game. So I would try that one if you have the chance. Yeah, those are two good tracks. I, I love I got the opportunity to play Galloway one time and I still say to this day, like I, I could remember almost everything about that place. And the Borgata is close enough to touch, which is <laughs> one of my other favorite places <laughs> in the world. Are you a big AC guy? 
Um, I used to be until Parks and Rivers opened up. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, now, in the winter, in the winter, I like to play. Uh, I like to play poker. So, um, I used to drive down to the Borgata. Now I can hang out closer to home. Okay. All right. Maybe, uh, maybe we do a drop podcast. We'll go play Galloway, and then we'll head to the Borgata. <laughs> That's a good day, right there. That, that is it's a great day, right there. <laughs> um. So, uh. Obviously, you play a lot of competition golf. We've already talked about that. And and I think that golfers tend to be, of all the sports, more superstitious than any of the others. And Whether it's you want to call them superstitions or habits or quirks or whatever it may be, what are some of your superstitions or quirks or habits that you have before you go play uh, in a tournament, like leading up, right before you tee off? Whether it's uh, like we've had some people say, oh, the – like like Troy, Troy has to have the glove in his left pocket, and he says he won't even buy golf pants or shorts that don't have back left pockets. So is wow. there is there something something in that realm that you that you do or have that that is? I love that Troy that Troy's a little nutty there. I love that. I uh, <laughs> listen. I've, you, I, hope I, didn't, some of these, I hope I didn't put a, a, a mental. Some of these we could give you a lot of them, and you're like, "Wow, really? These people do that?" Because just like us, you don't notice them. Right, you don't think they're, about them because they're things yeah. that you do, but then you say it out loud to other people, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't realize that was weird." <laughs> <laughs> no, um, boy, I don't want to say I'm superstitious. I am a huge creature of habit. Um, I do just about the same thing all the time when it comes to golf, but um, I've tried not to be superstitious over the years because I don't want, you know, at the end of the day, you want to take full responsibility for what goes on out there. But um, you know, I'm, I always wear a white visor just cause I'm trying to maintain my hair as long as possible. And <laughs> You know, I think sun promotes you, growth. You and Mike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, you know how it is. It ain't easy, but um, yeah, I've, I've, I guess I carry five quarters in my right pocket and, and, and a poker chip. Those are the, that's always in my right pocket, just mostly because I don't want to fish around too much. Um, but uh, I, I pretty much only wear white golf shoes, all white and, and, that's less superstitious than it is. It goes with everything and I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. Clean look. Um, I just got new all white golf shoes the other day, actually. Oh man. There's nothing better than a fresh pair of white shoes. Maybe you'll start putting up numbers like Mike does. That's, you know what? I think that's what it is. I want to be like Mike. I want to be, I want to start with the shoes. (laughs) Can I ask uh, real quick why the five quarters? Um, quite literally because if i have one i can't find it because the t's are in there and and i you know experimented with two i jumped to four and uh, landed on five (laughs) okay there you go how many t's are in the pocket uh there's a lot of t's in there there's like grab a handful or you have a number of no it's a handful um i i tee my ball really really high so as high as i can get it and um I use the blue, um, the blue stripe tees that you find at Golf Galaxy. I don't know what size it is, but there's a bunch of them in there. The the plastic ones? 
No, I, I can't stand plastic tees. Okay. I think they should be banned from golf, but <laughs> I I love the good a good white wooden tee. Okay. Uh and uh so and the other question we, we end with there's a, a great debate on um, on a particular type of breakfast meat here in the state of New Jersey. And sure. As a as a New Jersey golf podcast, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask this question. But what are you calling that particular breakfast meat? Which one? The one that everybody supposedly loves? Yes. Are you a Taylor ham or a pork roll guy? I call it pork roll okay. personally, but I, I thought you were going to dive into this the scrapple idea but oh um, no 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 that's too far no that's too far south jersey (laughs) yeah that's not quite uh jersey but no i i love pork roll and usually when i'm at wawa and i get a breakfast sandwich it's definitely a pork roll okay i like to hear that i like to hear that you know we, we we get we go through a whole interview with a lot of guys and it goes so smooth and then Ryan has to ask that question at the end, and they say Taylor Ham, and I have to just jump off the Zoom. <laughs> Taylor Ham is is that a Canadian term? Where did that originate? No, so Taylor Taylor they're the same product, they're the same thing. But Taylor Ham is a particular brand of pork roll. You know how there's like yes. Trenton pork roll. Well, there's also Taylor Ham, and okay, and that's it. It's the same meat. It's just what you call it. But you okay. answered it correctly, so you're good. Yeah. You're good. It, Don't worry about the right. specifics of all yeah. that stuff. You know. All right. Well, um, I do see Taylor Ham in in the supermarket. That's the one I buy, but I don't call it that because you, yeah, that would be that's, like that's, what you call it. What you call it is the important aspect of, yeah. this, of this question. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, hey, Mike, well, it was a pleasure talking to you, having you on. I really appreciate you spending some time with us, and and. Uh, and you know, giving us your time. I know you're you're pulled over there in the car. So um yeah. thank you. And best thank of best us. of luck. Best of luck at the state am. You know, best of luck at the state open. I'd love to see you win the career grand slam in New Jersey, even though you're not even thinking about it, but I am for you. So <laughs> at least somebody is. Hey guys. Um I'll I'll be shooting for it now. Um it's definitely on my mind. I feel a lot more heat now, Mike. Thank you. But uh <laughs> no. I it was fun to be on with you guys. I'm I'm now big fans of your show. So appreciate, appreciate that. It. Appreciate Add it. me to the list. We'll do. Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. All right, gentlemen. See you, Mike. Have a great day.